The Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio present Savor 2016, an American craft beer and food experience from Washington, D.C. This salon is from Friday, June 3rd. A Confluence of Visual and Liquid Art, presented by Brian Nelson from Hardywood Park Craft Brewery. I'd like to welcome you all to Savor, an American craft beer and food experience brought to you by the Brewers Association 2006. We're back in D.C. again. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I want to uh, first uh, thank our recording uh, uh, podcast, uh, craftbeerradio.com. Uh, they'll be recording all of these salons, and they said that they're going to try to get them up hopefully tonight if not tomorrow. Uh, so if you learned a bunch of stuff tonight and everything like that, you can jump on uh, craftbeerradio.com and then uh, the Brewers Association's consumer-facing website, craftbeer.com, will also be uh, sharing these uh, like we have for all the Saver salons. Uh, so uh, if you have a question, indulge me, have me run over to you and use the microphone. That's what I'm here for and everything. Um, but, uh, you know, Without ado, I uh, want to in introduce you to you, uh, Brian Nelson of Hardywood uh, Brewing Company, uh, and uh, uh, we're going to get into these uh, really amazing and unique and, and one-off beers. Uh, give it up for Brian. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming out to the salon. This is, uh, you know, something that's I'm very passionate about, you know, explaining beer and talking about beer and talking about what Hardywood's trying to do. So I appreciate you guys coming out to, to experience this. And uh, thanks to the BA as well for, for putting these on. It's, it's a very informative. And you guys are going to be tasting some uh, very exclusive beers here tonight. These are one-offs. These are something you can't get anywhere out in the market unless they're, you were lucky enough to get them about, uh, you know, they, they last about two weeks in the market and they're pretty gone. So... A um, little bit about myself. I'm the head brewer at Hardywood Park. Uh, Hardywood itself has been open for, uh, well, we're going on our fifth year anniversary now. So uh, 2011 is when we opened our doors, and we've been uh, cruising along ever since, uh, making some good beers, we hope, and, and um, having some fun along the way. But uh, kind of tonight what I want to get into and talk about uh, a series of beers that we started, mostly uh, out of concepts of we have very talented and creative brewers that are coming through, that are in our doors, and part of our team that they, we, we just want to get their creativity out. We want to have them be, you know, excel as much as possible. And this is what we kind of created as a series of beers called the Brewers and Artists Series. It's kind of what we, uh, you know, sort of define as a confluence of visual and liquid art. So this is what this sort of salon is sort of based upon. It's based upon the creativity and the art form that our brewers are providing in the bottle, but also what the artists are providing, some of the artists we're finding in Richmond, uh, providing for the labels. Um, in this, essentially, you know, we're, we're not taking, we're taking a leap from our normal branding model. Uh, if you guys know anything about Hardywood, uh, you know, our labels are pretty direct and, and fairly, um, not straightforward, but very elegant. And these are sort of uh, off the wall, wacky, uh, just sort of whatever comes in the mind of the artists that we're, uh, that we're choosing for these. Um, what you're drinking right now, uh, we'll go ahead and dive into the first beer. Um, this is Spirit Braid. So this is one of our brewers, Nick Walthall, did this beer. Uh, it's a farmhouse-inspired ale. Uh, very basic wheat-based beer. Um, bottle condition on Britannomyces. So you have that 
farmhouse sort of uh, quality to it. Uh, bottle condition again, so you get that nice bright uh, sparkle to it that, that, that's coming out of the bottle condition. Um, he worked hard, he's, he's a big fan of Saison's, so this is a style that he likes to do. He does very, a lot of variations on that. And what we do with this series too is have them brew a pilot batch for this. So it's not scaling up. We have a 20 barrel brew house right now. Um, you know, our capacity uh, last year was around uh, the 13,000 barrel mark, but we're able to squeeze in these one-offs for the brewers to go 20 barrels. And that's a lot of beer for, you know, a, a one-time uh, branding, a one-time uh, sort of touching the market and what we can do for this. But people are enjoying it, and this is what his uh, sort of experience on the Saison level when he came up through the home brewing ranks and what he liked and what he liked to do. Uh, the artist on this was uh, Sarah Gossett, and just kind of a basic... Um, basic sort of label on this. It's kind of funny. Nick came in one day after New Year's. I remember this very vividly. He had gone off on vacation for a week for Christmas, came back after New Year's. He had long hair prior to New Year's. All shaved it all off except for this one braid down down to his neck. And that's where he put this little flower and uh, a, a feather and everything else. And that was his spirit braid for the year. So he kicked off that year with, with, with spirit braid. And that's kind of what this is homage to. Um, but in general, you know, talking through where we are, where our brewery is located in Richmond. You know, I kind of like to, to, to look at it and see some of these art, artists up here, all the artists up here are from Richmond or reside in Richmond. And that's kind of what we want to look at as far as, you know, how we're going about doing this, this, this series of beers. We have the incredible creativity within the brewery, but we also have incredible creative people outside the brewery in, in the community doing a lot of, you know, some of these are tattoo artists and some of these are just freelance artists and um, we're getting a lot, of, a lot of cool things going on here um, that, we, that we, again, it's a departure from our normal branding and what Hardywood does. Um, kind of on the, this side, and I'll kind of talk through these as we go, but, you know, as we go through the, this is sort of the design process and how we sort of say, all right, we've picked, a, we've picked an artist out there, or the brewer were actually tasked to pick an artist out in, the, out in, out in Richmond, say, could you come on, would you want to work with us together and Sometimes it's a, all right, do the artwork first, and then we'll create the beer. Sometimes it's create the beer, then do the artwork. And so the, those things sort of play off of each other. And that's why, we're, you know, why we call it a confluence of visual and, and liquid art, because those two things sort of combine together, and they work together until it's a finished product. Um, but in general, Richmond, you know, I figured out these stats not too long ago just because I was curious. We're like the number three tattoo city in the nation, which per capita, we've got the most tattoo parlors, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the nation, which I was kind of, kind of shocked at because Richmond's not that big of a town, but, um, but it is something, to, a testament to, to the artistic creativity, and, and we're pulling people in, pulling artists from, and tattoo artists from all over the country to come sit in and be like a, a true, I don't know, I guess we'd call it a traveling artist, and they book up really quickly. It's very funny. And a lot of these, too, I, I've, I've talked with a lot of people, especially on this one, um, which I'll get to in a little bit, so the next beer we're going to taste, Little Flowers, is that's where, you know, people come up and instantly recognize that artwork as, that's the tattoo artist, you know, I know this tattoo artist, it's Rempy, you know, I've got a tattoo from him, so it's very, very distinctive in, in, in where we're coming from. Um, so yeah, if you want to, I guess we can pass around Little Flowers now, if everybody's, did everybody enjoy the Spirit Parade? Great. So kind of on a similar, uh, kind of similar beer style, but also very different in flavor. Uh, this is another Saison. 
using uh, Britannomyces as well, but it's, it's, it's a different, different take on it. So you get a lot of more fruit flavors, a lot of more fruity notes to it on the nose. But still you have that little bit of funk there. Again, bottle conditions, so you do get some nice softness on, on the palate. The, the, the carbonation on there is nice and soft. And then it finishes kind of tart. And this one, again, very basic malt bills on these. It's, it's wheat, maybe a little bit of Pilsner malt. The, you know, the hops are, are very tame, very low on these Saison styles. It's more of figuring out how to balance and how our brewers want to get the primary fermentation, you know, primary yeast going, and then finish it off on the Britannomyces, which really does affect the flavor in the beer in the end. And as it bottle conditions, too, if you have a bottle of this, it will change over time. Um, but this one is very, uh, this one was uh, brewed by Justin uh, Anderson. And uh, this, again, was this little flowers here at the bottom. And you can kind of see how it, you know, evolved here of kind of a Middle Eastern, you know, sort of, Indian type of, uh, you know, artistic way, which is uh, Rempi, that's the, the artist that did this. That's his sort of style, and it's very distinctive. Um, but it came out very nice, and I think when, when Justin was doing this beer, he kind of looked to the artist, and it took the artist a while for it to get, you know, to develop the artwork, and the beer was kind of brewed, and it was in the tank, just sort of conditioning. It was very, you know, this was a, a test of patience on this one because it stayed in the tank for a while. It was conditioning on the, uh, on the Brett. And then finally, you know, Justin saw this image, and that's where the, the name Little Flowers came from. It, was just, it, it sort of popped in his brain, and, and uh, that, that's kind of, I think it's very fitting. I think it's one of the best, uh, best sort of labels we've had uh, coming out of the brewery on this. But um, the, uh, so I'm going to get, my, get my, uh, my talking points correct here. But yeah, so th this is kind of one of the ones where, you know, production-wise, when we're geared up and ready to go, you have to be patient on some of these things. I, as the head brewer, you know, I'm doing some scheduling things. We want, you know, we want to roll things through, keep things going. We do have some timelines and all that sort of stuff. But this is the time for, you know, our brewers to sort of kick off and, and do what they want to do, have patience with it, not worry about it. They check on it. They're checking every step of the way how the beer is progressing. And then not having to worry about going through and doing just core beers every day. So it's, it's, it's an outlet that I think they are uh, they're enjoying extremely well. That's why you see so many of them up here. We've only started this about a year and a half ago. And I try to schedule, schedule one in every six weeks or so that we can, so we can keep the interest up and, and keep everybody uh, on top of things. And, and uh, also, you know, sooner or later, we're going to find one of these that is going to graduate to a production scale. You know, something we're going to do 300 barrels of. Something we're going to do you know, maybe an all-year round. Uh, again, very talented guys we have on our team, and, um, you know, we hope, we hope this stays that way. Um, if we want to go ahead and move on to our next beer, which we had, a, you know, go, going through this, this is talking a little bit more about this series and how we're, how we're developing and how we're brewing. You know, we, we are pushing the limits a little bit, at least from my standpoint and our quality department standpoint, you know, we're using Britannomyces, which, which can be very aggressive on beer sometimes and, and provide flavors and infect the whole brewery. Also using uh, you know, some bacteria that are going to create the sour, sourness, which you're going to experience in this beer. Um, the one we're about to taste here is a smoked sour beer. It's called a Lichtenheiner. And the basis behind this beer, it's a kettle-soured beer. 
Um, again, one of the, I think the only restrictions we put on this beer or put on this series is not to have anything, any lacto, any bacteria in the fermentation vessels. So we're able to do this and get the same, similar qualities to a, to a sour beer that would be fermented, you know, in, in the, in the tank, uh, actually on, on the kettle and then boil it out in order to sanitize it, kill that, kill that bacteria. So we're not introducing it into any other vessels within our brewery. So we have a system down, it's working and, and the guys, you know, we're loving it. We're doing, we do a Berliner Weiss now all summer long. And this one's sort of a takeoff for Berliner Weiss, but it's a, it's an old style. It's an old German style that really hasn't existed in a while. So there's only a few breweries that, that have, have really tried it, uh, lately. And our brewer, uh, Ken Rayer, he's sort of our German-style, you know, lager brewer, but he's, he loves German beers. So he picked this one out of the archives and, uh, and decided to, to go with it. So this is about, I believe it's about 50% smoked malt. And so after that's in there, it goes into the kettle, and what we do is we pitch the lacto in there and let that tick away overnight. What that does is, is drops the pH in the, in the wort itself, and that provides that acidity that you're tasting. So it's, it is sour. And then once that's done, we'll just bring it up to a boil, add any hops if necessary, and then bring it over into a, a primary fermentation where we'll add a uh, Saccharomyces to it to, to finish out. So the interesting thing on that is you're picking up the smoke. Um, did I get a taste of that yet? You're picking up the smoke on here instantly, but it's kind of, you have a, a fruit character to it, uh, that also is, is brought out by, by the, uh, the primary yeast in here. So you hit a flash, flash of that smoked malt. And as you go through, you get some lemon character out of it. You know, that's the tartness coming out from that pH and that kettle souring that you have. I mean, this, this would go perfect with, uh, you know, a gorgonzola or a blue cheese or something like that. It would be perfect with this. Uh, we were just talking about that earlier, <laughs> uh, how, how perfect the spear would be with, uh, with, with that. We actually are serving it down uh, at our booth as well, which, which was a fun one. Um, but behind the, behind the scenes on this, this uh, label, so uh, Ken's wife, uh, Katie, she actually does some freelance artwork and, and has been what we call our, our, our resident goat artist because we have used our art, <laughs> our artwork for a lot of, a lot of different things about Bergschnachtel, which we get to. But all of these mythical, not really mythical, but extinct animals that used to roam the earth, it's sort of a, a comment on the beer style itself. Because the Lichtenhainers, you don't see them out there. Uh, you know, they've sort of vanished off the planet. So that's why we sort of developed here. And these are all done freehand by Katie and then transposed onto the label. Uh, what we call our Grosse Teufel. So it's a German word that means big devil. Uh, why Ken decided to name it that, we don't know. <laughs> he, likes to ha he likes to toy with our sales guys, I think, and have them go out and try to sell these things, which is hilarious. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it, it's a funny named beer and, and sort of a wild, uh, wild label. It looks sort of gamey, and you're supposed to be out there in the middle of the woods, but it's, it's, a, it's a delicious beer. Um, Getting on to just a little bit further about Hardywood and sort of how we like to do things. And again, we like to pull, a, uh, you know, we have a very talented group, not only just the brewers and our cellarmen, uh, even our packaging guys are bringing a lot to the table, lots of, a lot of ideas. You know, our marketing side, front of the house, all of our bartenders that are there, they're always bringing things to us as far as beer styles or just concepts. So, the, you know, a lot of this is reflected in here, and that's one of the um, one of the ones we'll get to as well, one of our uh, front of the house bartenders is an artist as well. It does a, one of our 
really one of our most famous beers that we had, and the label has something to do with that. But we all have, you know, from our marketing department, which is very sort of homegrown marketing side of things, we have an in-house artist, uh, Didi, who works up all these labels and tries to get them in a format where it's, it's visually appealing, uh, taking the artwork from the original artwork we have, such as these, and bringing them all together um, in different stages. I mean, this, this is, you know, for instance, this bringing all these components in together for Spirit Braid on a label that works well, and then having a, <clears throat> you know, having a description where the brewer will describe the beer himself in his own words, have a little sign on the label, and then also something from the artist as well, giving that out and, and, and putting a nice description of what it means to them putting this, this label uh, on the beer. Um, so that these, these types of things, when we, when we look at where we find our ideas, where do we look for inspiration, um, it, it's all a lot of it coming from not me only, not any of the owners of the company, not all the times the brewers. It's somebody, someone, our sales guys coming up, hey, this would be a great idea, let's do this. Uh, and, and we try to do it. We'll at least do a pilot of it. We're actually getting our packaging team involved. They're actually brewing. They're going to be doing a Brewers Artist Series, but they're going to be doing it collectively. So there's five guys, or actually more than that, seven guys on our team that are getting together. They came up with some ideas. They don't know how to execute as well as the Brewers well, so we're helping them out on that side of things. But they came up with a really solid beer that we're going to release, hopefully, within the next uh, month or so. The artist happens to be on the packaging line too, uh, so that, that he's going to put his, uh, his name on that, uh, on that label and it's going to be a fun one for him. But again, it's, it's that sort of impetus to, to, to work together and to give, I don't know, to display pride on what they're doing and what they're seeing and how they're packaging it. Um, you know, because some, some of the jobs when you get into a production facility, a production brewery like we are, it gets a little mundane. You know, you kind of work through it and this, this helps, I think, our company culture and our company, you know, our employees uh, sort of see through that and see some, see some goals, see some end, uh, end results on that. Do um, you want to work on to the next one? Did everybody enjoy the, uh, the smoked Sarah? Great. So we're going to work up to another smoked beer. Again, this is another one from Ken Rare. Um, this one's called Valpurgisnacht. Again, another German word that totally confused our sales guys when they went out to sell it. <laughs> also confused our bartenders when they were trying to uh, hear about this and explain what it is. <clears throat> this was our first Brewers and Artists Series beer. And this is a bit different. It's a departure from the last smoked beer you had. So you're getting that smoke up front. This is about 30% smoked malt, uh, beechwood smoked. And as you... As you get a whiff of it, you get that smoke. It's a little less subtle, but you also have a, uh, a nice malt background to it. As you taste it, you have, you have a nice uh, malty backbone to this one. It's a little different. It's less, uh, you know, the, less astringent. There's no, there's no acidity levels to it, so it's nice and sweet. Uh, but the smoke actually uh, sort of melds together very well on this. So Valpurgisnacht, why call it that? So Ken's always got these uh, crazy German uh, you know, namings for it. <clears throat> this is a, uh, a festival or sort of a, a festival in Germany uh, that they recognize the beginning of spring. So every April 30th, uh, somewhere around that timing, they'll start bonfires up in the night and sort of bringing on the springtime. So it's, in, it's the end of, uh, end of winter bringing on spring. So this is, again, the, a print of one of the original, art, the original artwork that's here. And, uh, you know, 
Katie McBride, his wife, did this, did this artwork too. It's another goat we have. We also, she also did artwork on our can series beer uh, called Give Bach, which has a nice little goat form on it as well, which is kind of, uh, kind of uh, the, the, the style of the beer, a Bach being a, uh, a goat in German. So it, this is a fun one. Again, the first one we did, um, you know, Ken took the reins on this and really showed what, you know, the brewers can do by taking it from first initial inception trying to pile it out, letting everybody taste it in the brewery. And everybody was like, wow, this is amazing. Let's, let's gear it up. And then he, you know, he was able to work through the math and scale it up under a 20-barrel system. And what we found, every time we do a 20-gallon batch on a pilot system, it turns out about 1,000 times better on the, on the production side. So that, that's always, it's always our thing. If we, if, we, if we know we have it nailed down on our pilot system, then we, we certainly are going to have a winner when it comes up to our production uh, batches. Um, but uh, the other sort of thing on these, uh, this series, again, you know, some, some of it is patience. Uh, some of it is, you know, working through with the brewers, working through the logistics of working with the artists, getting to know the artist, uh, getting a relationship together, figuring out, you know, what is going to be the best fit, you know, that confluence, that merge of art on both the, you know, the outside and the liquid inside that's going to make that beer truly special. Um, and it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's them tracking down. It's them you know, going through different revisions on the artist. You know, on, on, the, on our side, on the, on the administration side, when we're doing labels, it's a lot of TTB stuff. It's a lot of registrations. It's a lot of this sort of thing. But you know, we're kind of getting and letting you know, the brewers into some of that to figure out it's not that easy to do all this. We can't do one-off beers all the time, but we want to make it extremely special when we do. Um, and that's kind of what we're what we're working towards with this. Um, yeah. So I think we'll go ahead and uh, is everybody finished with that one? I don't want to rush you. Does anybody have any questions? By the way, while we're uh, sure. My podcast voice. Um, as an artist, or, well, I'm an artist, so I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm trying to, I do look at labels, mm -hmm. and, and it's very telling on what might be in the bottle, which is the intention. Are you concerned with branding at all? I mean, the tattoo is kind of a nice thing, mm -hmm. and it makes sense, and it's from Richmond, and it's got a nice story behind it. Is that kind of a direction that you think you might kind of be leaning towards? Or are you concerned with branding at all, or you just want to kind of just keep developing relationships between the artist and the brewer? I'd say on, on this, this series itself, branding, we're not looking to brand Hardywood, really. It's branding the brewer and branding the artist. That's sort of, in a, it's a one-time deal. If they want to work together again, it would be great, as, as Ken has done with his wife, and had some, uh, some various different artworks on there. But yeah, this doesn't, you know, if you look on all of these... Um, you know, labels, you know, Hardywood isn't the first thing you're going to see. You know, we want to we promote our guys. We want to have it so their art form is, is on display uh, through the artists they're choosing as well. So when you see that, like you said, you, you see the label, you're like, oh, that looks very interesting. Is it actually going to turn out to be what's in the bottle? Is that going to be quality? Is it going to be interesting? Um, and I think that that's part of why we let them choose the artist and not worry about our branding. Uh, you know, I... If you look at, again, if you look around, we are up here in D.C., if you look at our brain, it's, it's um, very direct in some, res some respects, you know, our, our flagship branding. Uh, it's very classy, I think, but, uh, but very different from what, what you're seeing here. Any other questions before we move on to the, uh, the last beer?
And again, a lot of these beers you guys, well, all these beers you're tasting right now, um, they're one-offs. You're not going to see these in any, you know, we, we saved these and had to scrounge around for these uh, for, for this seminar and for this uh, the salon today. So these are the last of the bunch. And you know, this is the last one we do. Um, we do the, this is the only beer we are going to bring back. It's called uh, Trickery. And uh, it, it's very different from anything that we've tasted tonight. It's a big beer. And this one sort of derived out of... Uh, trying to brew the biggest stout we could as far as alcohol-wise, as far as how can we make this just massive stout and then see how it tastes in the end. A lot of chocolate malts in there, roast, uh, a lot of lactose. It is a milk stout. And then we took that, we put it in some uh, apple brandy barrels. We also did some bourbon barrels and wine barrels. But this one in particular was the first one that we did. We put it in apple brandy barrels, which are very hard to get. And uh, we, we kind of left it around, and I, you know, honestly, I forgot about it for a while. It wasn't on the top of my, top of my list of things to, to be checking up on every day. And uh, it, 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 we left it in the barrels for about six months. Tasted it, brought some, you know, friends over to taste and just to see how it was, and, you know, we were just like, wow, we, we really need to do something with this. The first run of this was only 600 bottles. This one was a little bit, so we, we repeated it, and it's what you're drinking right now is the, uh, the next years on that, but... This beer is uh, sort of got a cult following, and I think one of the reasons is because our uh, artist, one of our bartenders, Tyler Thomas, <clears throat> he does this weird art. If you can <laughs> kind of look at these pictures here, and, and the, these are the, uh, this is the trickery label here. We also do a series that's in the bourbon barrels, which is called Foolery. Similar art, very creepy. This <laughs> trickery we do put uh, this we release that on uh, uh, on uh, sorry Halloween and fooleries on on April Fool's Day so we kind of have this sort of things going back and forth we do but they but they age eight months at you know six to eight months at minimum we ha we find it in the barrel itself once we put it in the barrel it sort of tapers up it sort of cruises along and all of a sudden it changes and after about that four or five month uh, maturation you start to get these very very meaty and sort of umami type of or aromatics and flavors. It's almost like a soy sauce. You have a lot of chocolate malts, dark chocolate malts. It's leathery. Uh, you know, you have these huge complex uh, flavors in, within it. And it's very big as well. <laughs> it's very warming. But uh, that, that uh, you know, Tyler around the brewery, you know, as an artist, he's almost like a graffiti artist around the brewery. He'll he'll start doing these weird, you know, sketches on all our pallet-wrapped uh, bottles that we have. So he'll do it on the plastic, and you're like, oh, yeah, a new one pops up every day. So you're kind of finding them hidden around. It's almost uh, it's almost creepy when you're walking through there at the dark. But it it is a it is a fun thing for him, and we've used uh, we've used his artwork on a lot of different uh, one-off beers. One we don't actually have that one up today, but. Um, the, one, the most recent uh, beer we won, third place in the World Beer Cup this year for a barrel-aged beer was called Ruse, which has his artwork, which is this beer that was aged in wine barrels, red wine barrels. And that was, I think, another, that was only a 600 bottle release. So we're trying to reconjure that one because it had such a, such a, a following and, and it sold out very quickly. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's, the, you know, in a nutshell, like going in conclusion on this, uh, you know, what Hardywood, sort of their approach and our approach to 
um, brewing in general is just to try to get the best out of everyone in the company. Um, whether we're looking at our brewers, our packaging guys, our sales guys, they're going to be lined up to do one of these beers too because they've got all they got so many ideas we don't know what to do with sales because they're out running, tasting other beers, and they're and they're figuring out what's in the market. But you know everybody's got these very very creative ideas on just not only beer styles, on labels, on uh, marketing strategies, and and we like to think and we like to cultivate all that. And not to be directing them, all right, we need to go this direction or that direction. Let's try to get everybody's talents in one place. One of the things we're doing to sort of help promote that, in addition to the Brewers Artist Series, we're opening up a, <clears throat> a pilot brewing facility in Charlottesville where it's going to be a three-barrel system. So we have a 20-barrel system at our production facility, and we're going to scale down to a three-barrel at this facility where we can just do one-offs. Try anything that anybody wants to do you know, because we're going to be brewing – Probably, you know, less than 600 barrels in that, that facility a year, which is a lot of turns on, on a three-barrel system. But it, it allows us, and it's going to be, I don't, know, I don't think it's going to be difficult at all, actually. It'll be, it'll be very easy for us to just write down so many recipes, so many ideas, so many concepts that we can get in front of our customers to say, hey, here, here is, here's what Hardywood can do. It's going to be quality beer when it comes out. You're going to enjoy it. You may not love it, but you're going to enjoy it. It's going to find it interesting. And, um, yeah, we're going to keep going on that route. So... Any other questions? Yeah. I was curious. I mean, you, you said out of, except for the trickery, all of these are one-off yep. beers. And, I mean, it seems like a lot of effort yep. to not only, you know, in the, in the back end, the production, but also then label approval, things like that. I mean, how, how sustainable and... and you know, in, in a way, is this approach? Uh, it's as sustainable as we want it to be, and we're, we want it to be it's something that's going to be keeping on going on. So it's up to me to, to do that. It's up to, you know, our lead brewers to make sure that we have time to do that, to schedule it appropriately. Again, you know, we look at our, at our employees and our brewers and everybody around that they're just as important as anybody else in the company because they are working hard for us, and we want to reward them like this. Um, it's not something we're going to do every week. But every six weeks, we're going to try to push one of these out, and so they can get their get their name out. Kind of, it, it, it makes them feel like, uh, you know, for uh, no other better sort of relation that that it's their brewery. You know, they're they're having this one off. They're having this one part of it that they're getting out. It's their own brand. It's their own uh, beer. It's it's something that is under Hardywood, but they have very much uh, a huge amount of pride in it, and we like to keep it that way. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, you know, talking about the first three and how they were bottle conditioned and how, understandably, you might not be able to get your hands on them. But say you were to get your hands on a couple of these, and not just the bottle conditioned ones, but the smoked ones and the big one. You know, can you talk about you know what you look for in your beers as far as cellaring and 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 how they will improve and and what you like to see when they improve? Sure. Um, yeah, just in general, what Hardywood's approach to, like, we don't do any plate or frame filtering, no diamaceous earth filtering. We use a centrifuge, that's about it, and some beers, some beers we don't. For instance, uh, the two, the first two, uh, actually the first three beers were not filtered in any way. They were just crash-cooled, uh, what we call crash-cooling, so just turning on the glycol jackets in the tank and just letting all the yeast sort of separate out and settle out naturally. Um, 
And then adding in the first two where, where there are bottle condition, adding either yeast to it to prime it in bottle condition in the in the uh, and pre create carbonation in the bottle, uh, and that helps it mature. And sometimes you know saves beer over time. It will change for sure. You can't. You never want to set these water bottles down and be like, oh, I taste it on the first day it came off the packaging line, and then taste it you know, a year down the road and be like, ah, that doesn't taste the same. That, that's not what this is about. Um, you know, we're not, we don't claim to be, you know, a Budweiser or anything like that where it's going to shelf life is going to be a long time. The, these do, you know, we, we rec- always recommend drink fresh. That's what we always recommend. But on the other hand, you have a bottle like Trickery. Those can be shelved for a while. Uh, the alcohol makes it stable. Uh, you know, some of the hop content in there makes it stable. But again, it will change over time because you're, you know, we, we don't get all of the yeast out. It will have some some residual uh, yeast in there that's going to sort of evolve. Um, the flavors will change. The flavors will meld depending depending on what temperature you cellar it at is going to is going to matter as well. Uh, but we find, you know, some of our beers, most of our beers that are over seven percent mark, do really well aging wise. Uh, again, going to be different, and we always recommend to drink it fresh. But uh, yeah, that's celery. does happen. Sometimes it happens in the wrong method. You know, you can keep it. We've had some, uh, you know, uh, some restaurants out in the market that have kept it out in their back shed, and the temperature fluctuation could be between you know 30 degrees and 90 degrees, and it sort of destroys the beer. So that 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 doesn't doesn't help things. But uh, overall, if you're really treating the beer, if you really enjoy it, then you know you're going to treat it right, and it could be stable for a long time. Anybody have any other questions for me or questions about Hardywood or? I'll keep going since I got lots of questions. Um, You also mentioned, uh, you you suggested with one of the smoked uh, beers, you know, this would be great with a gorgonzola or a blue cheese. You know, what do you enjoy with these, these beers and, you know, um, you know, how, how did you approach how do you approach your, your food pairings, uh, you know, at the brewery? And, and do you like the pairings down there if you had a chance to get down there yet? Yeah, as far as the, the smoke pairing goes, you know, it, we, we kind of, and I, you know, I think I enjoy if you have a nice smoke, especially the Valpergisnacht, if you have a, uh, you know, a grilled or smoked game, something that's been smoked for a long time, has that flavor, it's going to pair very nicely. So smoke to smoke, you kind of have them like to like. Um, on the, the Lichtenheiner, so that sour beer, it almost demands a goat cheese or a gorgonzola or something like that that's really going to coat your tongue, and then you have that acidity, that high carbonation that's going to scrub it off and, and then have that acidity come back, and you also have that smoked uh, flavors. I, I'm, always, I'm a big fan of cheeses, so I, you, know, you can pair just about any beer uh, w- with a nice cheese. Um, and the you know, pairings downstairs are fantastic. You know, the, we have a, somewhat what we call a dessert beer downstairs as well. It's our bourbon, raspberry, vanilla stout, so another barrel-aged beer. A uh, lot of vanilla. We also put some local raspberries in it, um, which you can you can taste immediately. And they're paired, paired it with a nice uh, a nice uh, uh, sort of dessert pairing downstairs. Uh, so yeah, the, you can go like to like when you're doing food pairings. You could also go contrasting. There there are you know some just like in any other wine tasting event or anything like that. You get you're gonna find the differences are sometimes the best best pairings. And but you also have those likenesses that work well as well. All right, one more. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you, you're the brewer. You've, you've embraced these artists, local artists and everything. How much of, of your job is, is art? I know there's a lot of science to it, 
um, but how much uh, of your team and, and what you do, obviously, you know, you have a brewer that is an artist, you know, how much do those two disciplines, you know, do dovetail into each other? No, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think you'll find if you go walk around the floor today and talk to any brewer, you're either going to find that they, A, like to cook, they probably play guitar or some interest, instrument, or do some sort of artistic work. And, and that, that's not a lie. That, that, that's very factual when you look at the, the cross-section of brewers that, you know, it's, it's how their mind works. It's almost like, you know, any other culinary discipline where, you know, you're putting different things together and, and making this end product. Um, you know, ours just ha happens to be within malt, barley, you know, some yeast and other ingredients and um, that, that make it into, into the, the product there, the art form that, that we work in. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different mediums that artists can work with, beer being one, you know, pen and paper can be another one. But there, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes on. You'll, I think you'll find that, you know, very much the, the brewer's mentality and the brewer's sort of skills are set in that art form, whatever it may be. And, you know, I, 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 I'm an artist as well. I don't do enough of it just because I don't have any time anymore. But it's something I'd like to do. And, you know, I like to cook and play guitar. And I'm one of those cookie-cutter brewers, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Um, how do you come across these emerging artists and how do you decide to... Sorry. How do you decide to work with them for these um, collaborations? Um, it, it can be, um, you know, artists approach us. We do have uh, some events that are art-based. Um, we do a lot with Screens and Suds in Richmond, which is a, you know, they do some screen printing, but they have a lot of different artists that do with that. And so some of these have been from that. But, yeah, we, we were kind of, we're actually working on that and trying to see how we can get more uh, artists developing or artists sort of included in this. Uh, we have some cartoon artists that we'd like to use in some of these, some of these artists, but it's sort of up to the, uh, the brewer to sort of choose their, choose their relationship with this artist and, and make sure that that works. Otherwise, the whole concept works. I don't want to direct them and be like, hey, you need to use this artist or else it's not going to work for their feeling on, on what that final beer needs to be. So it's kind of on, it really is, you know, sort of putting that that load on to our brewers to say, hey, listen, go seek out an artist. If you see something that's cool or if you look around and, and know an artist or know, know of somebody, go meet them, go out and, and talk to them and try to come up with this concept that, uh, that works for both parties. Yep. So I have, I have another sort of brand marketing sure. type question that has to do with social media. So we're recording this for a podcast, yeah. which is a social form of getting the word out there and sharing it. What other forms of social media are you engaged with, and is Terrible. Snapchat one of them? Because I think it would be great to use Snapchat. I think it's a great creative opportunity to show the, the back workings and the daily and the raw side and the funky sketches you come yeah. across. And yeah. I have no interest in Snapchat as far as I just think it's a great medium to be creative and show the real side of what you all do, and especially these one-offs. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. I mean, our... I'd say about 99% of our marketing comes through social media. We don't have a marketing agency that helps us on any of our branding. We don't really need it because it is, you know, word of mouth, getting out on Instagram and Facebook, Snapchat, um, you know, Twitter. All those things are, are very important to us. But the visual side, I think Instagram is probably one of our favorites. Let's see, it's my favorite. Uh, even if it's just like snapping pictures behind the, you know, production side of things saying, here's what we're doing today um, and posting it out. Um, 
we're getting these, these you know, sort of stages of artwork out there too. We have a, Tyler has his own, I don't think it's called Tyler's uh, Instagram feed, but it's, it's basically everything in the brewery that shows up like that on anything he tattoos in the brew house or any other, you know, in the, in the warehouse, stuff like that. He's got his own Instagram following, which is hilarious. But, uh, you know, those types of things, people sort of latch onto and are like, what the heck is that? You know, so they, so they get interested and they start tagging along to the Facebook and, and keep on going through the social media outlets, just to, uh, which hopefully keeps us relevant as a brewery. Anybody else have any, have any questions? I hope everybody enjoyed the beer. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the, uh, enjoy the rest of Savor. I... I just want to add that if you guys are looking for Hardy, Hardywood Park Craft Brewery down on the floor, you guys are in the supporter circle. That's correct. Which yes. is confusing because it's a square. <laughs> it is, yes. Um, but I want to thank you guys all for coming. Hopefully you tried these amazing one-off beers. If you see them in your market, grab them for sure. Uh, and I want to thank Brian uh, for, for bringing us along on this cool experience. Thank, thank you, you very so much, guys. And please, please feel free to come up and look a little deeper on, uh, you know, all the artwork. And, and uh, while the time you're here, if you have any other questions for me, please ask. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this recording from Savor 2016, brought to you by the Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio. You can find the rest of the salons from Savor 2016, as well as all of the salons from previous years of Savor, at craftbeerradio.com slash savor or on craftbeer.com. Craft Beer Radio is a weekly beer podcast that you can listen to on iTunes or from our website at craftbeerradio.com.